Welcome to the Dad Bod Pod. We're back. The pod lives. I'm your host, Jamie Schleicher. With me today is one of our favorite guests, the Rev Seth Westbelway. Seth, welcome to the pod. It is such a gift to be here with you, Jamie, and with all of you. I'm excited to give the people what they want, or at the very least, what we wanted. What we wanted them to want. And they'll probably want. They just didn't know they wanted it. Exactly. Though, did your co-host not want this? My co-host is a complicated man. He's often absent, as he is today. But uh, I think he wants to be here. Uh, Interesting. I was just wondering if last year's victory, which may have been his first time in the playoffs, went to his head and he thinks he's above this now. He could be. It's really hard to speak to another person's mental state. But, I'm sure, yeah, <laughs> but what were you going to say? Oh, I mean, it's it's hard to speak to anybody's mental state, but especially my co-hosts, it's, I don't advise. And especially in the pandemic, mental state can change by the hour against our will. But on that note, you say he's not there and there's a pandemic. Where is he? <laughs> That's a great question. Uh, I can say that he is currently social distancing, um, not interacting with any other humans, but he is babysitting an Australian Labradoodle hmm. named Bear for hmm. uh, our good friends Trey and Chrissy Co. Oh, fascinating. I got two questions. The first one you don't have to answer because I don't know if any of us have the answer, but where is Trey? And then, and I don't mean literally, I, I just mean in the group me chat. But oh, number two, what makes a Labradoodle Australian <laughs> existentially where it's true? What makes a Labradoodle Australian? I think they're part koala. <laughs> I mean, did they adopt it from there? That's uh, really confusing to me. Yeah, I think they had to fly over to Australia to to get this little puppy. But yeah, I'm not trying it... to be yeah ridiculous. I know I know friends in Charlottesville who have an English bulldog that was adopted from rescued in Kuwait. I'm not making that up. I don't even know how it worked, but it was rescued in Kuwait and it's theirs now. That's fascinating. So it's like a Kuwaiti English bulldog, Australian Labradoodle. All right. I don't know that this is what the people want. How (laughs) how could they not? If you haven't seen the pictures, you got to check them out. This puppy is adorable. Yeah, put those in the group me, uh, Trey. I'll I'll send one of Trey sleeping slash cuddling with, with Bear. Oh, so Matt's taking pictures. Uh, he's like dog sitting while they're there taking pictures of the dog snuggling with Trey. No, these, <laughs> these, these are older pictures. Okay. But yeah, how's it going, man? It's going okay. Uh, one year and some change here in Tucson, Arizona, first full summer. And I'm not going to lie, the claustrophobia I think all of us are feeling in the pandemic definitely has an added punch from the nonstop triple degree days we got here. Hmm. Um, this is, there's no place really to go out, no restaurants with misters or, you know, the drive up Mount Lemon, which does get cooler weather thanks to its 10,000 feet elevation. It's usually pretty packed and you can't get out because there's a lot of people up there. 
uh, but we're hanging in okay. The, the past year brought a lot of things, and, and there's some big things afoot in my family. Uh, for our Patreon subscribers, I can unpack at a later date. But super grateful uh, to be gainfully employed, which is obviously not a given for a lot of people who are struggling right now. My nameless wife and I are able to work from home. I am still a pastor, an interim pastor of a church here. So I spend more time staring at a computer and Zooming than I want, as probably many of us are overly familiar with, but it does lead to some creativity. I hope no one from my congregation is listening, but I just moved my computer around in in my office area and set up a little 32-inch TV so that going forward on Sundays when I have a lot of committee meetings and everything, I can be Zooming with them and over the top of the computer screen, I'll be able to have NFL games on, God willing that we have NFL games on, because uh, if there's anything God wills, it's for NFL games, <laughs> and, uh, which wasn't a guarantee last year. Uh, we're, Arizona's on its own time zone. Right now we're three hours behind, though, which meant most of the games were starting as my services were starting last year. So if there is a silver lining to Corona Tide and why we're here talking today is that I can be the pastor of a church, tending to my flock, and keeping an eye on those sweet, sweet yardages. <laughs> We're doing all right, though. Um, it, it is what it is. You know, I, I could get into the specifics, and that'd probably be unique, but also very similar to a lot of us. Uh, I will say it's these kind of things. And, of course, we're knocking on a lot of wood here. But just to have something new, generative. This is why I want to say I selfishly want the NFL to come back because right now our biggest entertainment, we're in monsoon season right now, is is it going to rain tonight? You know? Oh, wow. That's that's some exciting stuff. Yeah. Um, we're doing all right. Uh, I miss you all. Yeah, I miss you too. Um Speaking of NFL games, if there's no college season, what are your thoughts on potentially three NFL games being slated for Saturdays? Oh, is this part of the discussion? It's It's been floated out there of if there's no college season, um, you know, kind of spreading out the, the slate of games to include some Saturday slots. That would that'd be interesting. Because uh, one thing I've always loved about fantasy football season and the fall is that there's sort of something every day. You kind of have to stretch it a bit on some days, and Saturdays is one of those days. It's like the second-tier waiver pickup day. Uh, so Saturday is sort of the least day in the fantasy week. Um, it gets at a trickier point that I heard heard Mike Tagliere, Tagliare Tags talk about in one of his YouTube videos recently. Which is, ironically, we're going to all have to pay that much more attention to our lineups uh, this year because of COVID and the testing. Meaning if a player shows up to the stadium Sunday morning with a fever and gets, you know, benched or sent away, you just got to be on the spot with that, whatever they're calling it, the COVID IR. 
Um, and so if there are Saturday games, that adds this whole other layer of complexity, right? If I'm, if I'm understanding it right, because you're dealing with potential COVID IR there and Saturday, we're just having to be present to the risks you have to take. Meaning like, do I want to wait for a Sunday guy? Um, or do I go with a guy who I definitely know is playing Saturday? Um, you know, these are the things we have to wonder about now, um, but could also lead to a big push. We keep a pretty lean waiver wire, given that we're all serious players in this league. Um, so it, it, it lends credence, if not also challenges to this push we've made to perhaps expand our, our, our IR slots. I don't know how this works. I'm just processing per usual, and I'll stop there. Yeah, additional layers of complexity, more considerations to take into account when you're setting rosters and lineups. It's it's interesting. Which structural changes would you like to see the league take this year to adjust for the unknowns of COVID? Um, like, do you want to see more IR spots specifically for COVID, or just treat treat COVID-related players that are out differently? Do you want to see more bench spots so that the draft takes a little bit more weight and there's a little less of that waiver wire fighting? What are you, what are mm. you looking for? Let's see. We have we have six bench spots now. I believe so. Well, that's pretty hefty. I think this is just a fresh thought, but you know we want to give people fodder. I think my initial instinct is I'd like to keep one. IR spot to be a true IR spot, right? Right. Because these things are going to happen too. And I think my inclination would be to expand the bench one or two spots. Um, Because this might make no sense. If there are Saturday games, this is going to make Saturdays also that much more dynamic on the wire. Like, I mean, I hope no players, you know, get COVID seriously and we can get into what the league, the the actual league is doing to mitigate this stuff. Um, So far, Hard Knocks looks pretty intense. Um, But I think if the benches are more robust, people also feel a little bit freer to like drag and drop. Um or not drop someone who may have like a false positive, you know, maybe just got sent home because they had diarrhea. Um, But to be on the safe side, um, I'd also like to maybe take credit for saying diarrhea for the first time ever on the dad bod pod. Uh, Well, we'll have to have Zach fact check that. I'm not (laughs) the first time. (laughs) I mean, that's not to say that these pods haven't been consumed by a lot of logoria verbal diarrhea but have we said it i mean i just i know zach like this is just off the top of my head i know zach has talked about coffee being a diuretic so okay you know we've and we've just had a lot of pod content that's covered a lot of different areas so i'm not saying it's not the first time but we'll fact check yeah and it's really tough that we lost our um transcriber this year, Cody, uh, who 
diligently and faithfully uh, wrote down all the uh, text of our conversations for people who prefer a readout. Uh, it's, it's a huge loss. I wanted to ask you, <laughs> um, we could talk about that, but I, I want to talk about the league. I, I don't really have more thoughts. I would, I'd love to ask you what you think, how the league should adjust, but maybe to jump back since you talked about the history and spirit of the pod, what are your hopes for it this year? We've had very distinct seasons of Bad Bod Pod. We have. And and now this is the third season of the podcast. It's been a culture maker and a culture receptacle, I'd say, for all of us. I'd, I'd agree with that assessment. You know, season one, we had that explosion of robust culture. <laughs> uh, you know, you... I thought you did a great job of providing the visual metaphor there with the the snake eating its own tail. The Ouroboros. Um, that guy. I didn't even. I wasn't even going to attempt. It to, got really to meta, say it loud. didn't it? It did, and I was I was so here for it, and uh, <laughs> you know, trying to trying to bridge that gap between very intellectual and meta, and very down to earth and in the in the cultural moment but i loved it i was here for it i was completely fine keeping that pace um but you know it it was unsustainable so season yeah. two we we hit that good place style reboot that's right and um you know definitely slowed down a little bit which i think you know is also probably a healthy thing a good thing and it looked different but it was still fun and now yeah. we're in season three, and I mean, plot twist, but 2020 as a year has been a little bit of a dumpster fire in just about every Agreed. single way that you can you can possibly imagine. It's been the capital G, capital R, goat rodeo at the bare minimum. So I think when you look at, at season three and what it could be, you know, I'm just trying to be a small positive ray of light in what is a pretty difficult and challenging time for just about everyone. Well, that's right. What's interesting about last year too, is we had also seen like near half the league move on from Charlottesville. Um, that could be an exaggeration. It could have been like just three of us. Um, but we, but we were flung a field and now though, at least we have the standard members and to your point about 2020, just being a dumpster fire. I mean, it almost doesn't feel like a strong enough term. I, for one, am grateful for this pod and to be the first guest to just name that there's there might be meta moments, but the appreciation I have for quote unquote, a constant thing, a thing from the before times, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, the, like literally the last thing that happened before we all had to shut it down was the Super Bowl. This is the great unifier. And um, I'm just going to appreciate, take nothing for granted. 
and if nothing else, I would hope the pod can be that constant through line. And maybe this is a, a segue back to what, talking about the league is like, what if we do, how will Yahoo respond, Fantasy Pros, if, I don't know all the scenarios, you know, they say like, all right, we're going to truncate the season or we're going to have to pause the season, see if we can get some cases. This is worst case, right? Get cases under control and come back for the playoffs. What if there's like a, was it the Miami Marlins that had a ton of cases and had to postpone games with what Major League Baseball's trying? Like, what if that happens to like a whole team? Right. Um, how does that impact fantasy? For example, say the Chiefs. Uh, you have an outbreak on their team, but everyone else is fine. And let's say one of our league members, I don't know, the commish, just stab in the dark here. Uh, has four or five chief players in his starting lineup. Yeah, stack chief. Are these all? Are we? Do we all have informed consent that this might happen to us, or is it not even worth talking about hypotheticals upon hypotheticals, given how unprecedented this is? Like, does he get grace and space to, or does he just have to go with his bench? And maybe this is a great case for a more robust bench. Um, I because then the team he's they're playing I. I don't know. I, what are your thoughts on, are there any things we can mitigate against or are we just like stepping out in faith here? And if nothing else, we'll have a great draft night, trash talk a little bit and uh, have weekly podcasts about how we're not doing anything. There's a lot in there. Uh, <laughs> a lot. That was great. I will try to uh, piecemeal attack this. Yeah, Zach can edit out anything else. <laughs> um, but I, I, I think where I'll start is that there's definitely a, a leap of faith aspect here. Of there's just so many outcomes that could happen this year, and we don't know what next week is going to look like. Let alone trying to predict a whole season. So. Yeah, I think we we just have to embrace that that unknown factor and know yeah. that like any anything could happen. And I think from the strategic standpoint, my preference would be to have um, you know basically an unlimited injured reserve for COVID players, Ooh. and then keep that one spot for any other type of inju- injury. Um, which I mean, they've talked about, and we've we've already seen a camp a little bit that, with less of that training camp and kind of the ability to ramp up this year, soft muscle tissue injuries are probably going to increase this year from oh. from what we've seen historically. Oh, I didn't so, know that. Yeah, just from not getting to go as hard. Uh, yeah, all that on hard knocks. Yeah, that they're not doing as much. So I mean, people pulling hammies and quads and all of those things are there's probably going to be, you know, that additional impact as, aside from just COVID. And then COVID's an interesting one. Um, Ezekiel Elliott was talking about he got um, a fairly severe case of, of COVID over the summer and interesting. was, you know, basically down for like a week or two, but really didn't do anything for a month. Um, just, you know, wanting to make sure that there were mm. no issues that came out of that, whether it was like long-term damage to lungs or like other organs, just making sure that everything was good after that. So yeah. these players that 
that do contract the virus, um, you know, are they out for two weeks while you make sure that they're not infecting other people? Are they out for a month? Um, there's just so much that that's just very variable that I think, you know, that's, that is just kind of a risk that all of us assume as, as players, knowing that it can happen to, to any one of our players. And, you know, these guys that we're drafting in the top four rounds could be gone right. at, at any, any time. I'm compelled by that. So I'm hearing a little bit of the same kind of just let's appreciate what we got when we got it. Yeah. Uh, which is also something we should probably all be doing in our lives. Who among you can yeah. control tomorrow? But I'm compelled if I if I'm not mistaken, you kind of disagreed with my read on the bench IR thing. And I see your point. Because once we draft, ideally our benches are as strong as we think they're gonna be. You know, there's always surprises and dark horses that come out of nowhere that everyone wants to spend a bunch of money to get off uh, the waiver. Uh, But ideally we got our top people. So if our top, top people or anyone gets COVID, we just want to drop them to IR and are just going to probably use our bench point. It's not like we're going to find unless there's, I don't know, some fourth string running back who's the only one that's left. Um, Am I reading this right? We have only a hundred dollar waiver budget. That sounds all, right. It's all pro- proportionate, though, I guess. Which Trey's going to use eighty dollars of that on TJ Hawkinson again? <laughs> He's going to use eighty dollars during the draft. <laughs> um, is that regular TJ Hawkinson or Australian TJ Hawkinson? Ooh, I think th- <laughs> this one's regular. He's American. All right. Um. Uh, you mentioned Ezekiel Elliott had COVID uh, pretty seriously. What team does he play for? Uh, he is a Dallas Cowboy. Your 2020 oh, and champion Dallas Cowboys. I'm not going to lie. You gave me a hint at this. I didn't know what the policies and procedures were of the league as such, but you were starting to tell me before we hit record that some teams are talking about bringing in fans like full stadiums of fans or are they going to make them distance or what the hell is this yeah so we there's been a lot of speculation in the group me about whether or not there's going to be a season uh our commissioner travis Pakel, i would say is is our strongest person of saying that there's not going to be a season that the season will that's get really canceled. concerning coming from a commissioner i know he is uh he is very strongly in that camp but not only are we you know, looking pretty good through training camp so far. And then we've also seen the successful return of um, hockey and basketball, and they've got the bubble system, which appears to be working really well. And then you've got the return of baseball, which has not been in a bubble. And you've seen those, those hiccups with the Marlins and I believe it's the Cardinals as well, where there have been some outbreaks um, at the team level and, you know, You've got like upwards of 10 people on a team who end up getting getting sick and games postponed and things like that. So less success outside of that bubble system. Um, and the NFL doesn't look like they're, they're moving towards the bubble. Um, but we have seen these other leagues return successfully and kind of put together some type of format. And then yeah. the NBA and Yale came up with this uh, saliva-based testing, which it sounds like there could be some progress made on 
quicker testing and getting results back, um, which which definitely helps you kind of contain these things. So right. um, there are some positive signs that has led to teams like the Cowboys and the Chiefs uh, not only talking about having games this season, but having games with um, fans in the stands, uh, participating, watching these things. And Would they from- be requ- re- requiring masks or what? They would be requiring masks. Um, a lot of people have talked about the efficacy of that and like how how well can you actually enforce that. Right. Um, With so, a bunch of people screaming and yelling because, I mean, I'll say as a pastor of a church and trying to read up on this, like even with masks, like singing, for example, along with screaming and yelling, uh, which sometimes can all be the same thing. It's like the worst possible thing. It's like the last thing you're supposed to do. Yeah. Um I'm I'm flabbergasted by that. Partly because well two things that you might know the answer to. What like is like did the owner is this like a democracy at least among the owners can they tell Jerry Jones or whoever the chief's owner is like that's crazy you're out of your mind. Um like well, who gets to say that there's a universal policy about how everyone comes back or is there that ability? And then two, it's related to that. There's so much money on the line, right? Like if I've noticed anything uh, from watching the first couple episodes of hard knocks is that it really is kind of a PR push as well. Like we're taking this seriously because they want people to trust that they can come back wisely and well. So the NFL has to have, I'm talking about over and above the owners, some kind of stake and pressure here, right? To be like, that's crazy. Like you don't want to lose millions and millions of dollars. Do you Jerry? Um, Like they're going out of their way to show how seriously they're taking this Uh, because, you know, unlike, yeah, major league baseball, which is doing this kind of sprint, you know, and playoffs and controlled thing. um, But obviously not as controlled. Um, there's just a whole lot at stake and people want to get paid. And so it's just like, you got to have your come to Jesus on this or not. Right. Am I, or am I wrong there? No, I mean, there's a ton of money at stake and the vast majority of that money is coming in through the televised deals and, you know, the broadcast rights. So it does seem very short-sighted to to be talking about fans especially at that scale um you know where even if it's not a risk to the players and the product that you're putting on the field like a major outbreak in the stands like is that worth it when really what what you need to happen is the televised games to continue to protect that biggest piece of the pie so it just from like it does this seem like a smart thing to to have 20,000 people in in Dallas Cowboy Stadium it doesn't seem smart to me and but, capacity is what like 100,000 there yeah that so that's about 20% and as far as i can tell there's not you know a a league wide mandate or anything that they have in place right. um you know and different states are kind of in different positions with with the virus right now so i guess in that sense it makes sense to kind of let them handle it 
regionally, but right. Here's um, here's an interesting point though too is like and my nameless wife pointed this out. You know, we we enjoy this thing. Uh, but she pointed out watch, watching Hard Knocks with me the other night. Like the NFL, to say the least, is problematic in a lot of ways. But what's fascinating is they are also doing a public good, as she pointed out, because the the money at stake. So whatever their motivations, they are saying this is super serious. We know we have to take it seriously to give you what we and you want, dear viewer dear fan. And so the potential for goodness, uh, maybe we can have the commissioner, the ethicist on is pretty great in terms of saying like, if teams could be like, listen, you want to come back? Like there's an incentive there, right? To say like, stay the hell home, mask up when you go out, distance as much as possible and hand sanitize so that you can come back as soon as possible and, you know, kind of have some, you know, and because of the year we've been through, these teams have enough money. This is a free one for Jerry Jones, but they could say like, you know, yeah, season ticket holders, you're set, but we're basically going to like, you could do like a great public good, frankly, for a lot of the people who I'm going with the stereotype, but I think because it's true are the ones who are most virulently, pun intended, anti-mask, right? You could say, we're going to be giving out free tickets to Cowboys games to you if you, you know, I don't know how you prove it or whatever, but you, there's enough money to make the NFL happen this year. There's enough money to like test everybody coming through the door and require them to wear masks. And in that sense, you're keeping people safer because people want the NFL, if I'm making any sense here, more than they like. They'd be willing to see the Cowboys live, right? Uh, more than they'd be willing not to wear a mask, if that makes any sense at all. I'll let Travis sort it out. <laughs> <laughs> Travis, come come here and translate what Seth is trying to say. You know, what I'm, you know, you, you know, what I'm trying to say like the teams can incentivize good, good behavior, behavior, I think yeah. is the short version, meaning like you want the NFL act right, basically is what I'm saying. In, yeah, that uh, is how I should have said it. <laughs> um, I'd love to, as always, have a post draft analysis pod. Since it sounds like the commissioner is so down on any season happening. <laughs> um, I don't anticipate him coming on pre-pod, but should we talk about draft? Like, what's your anticipation level? Let's hi. Yes. Um, I, I I think we've we've talked about this <coughs> before, but it won I, the poll. It's the most favorite time of year. Everything's downhill from there. Yeah, every everybody <laughs> loves the draft. It's the best night of the season by far for the league. That's right. Um, yeah, last year, like you, you mentioned, a lot of people moved away. Um, so we had a four person in-person draft. Um, wow. Only four. So, so even before COVID we had a majority virtual draft, which will definitely be the experience again this year. Um, but it was still a ton of fun. I had a blast. Um, 
I don't know if we had any draft day trades. I know the year before we did have some wheeling and dealing going on during the draft. Um, but, mm. you know, there's already been some chatter this year about people wanting to make some moves and, and really thinking about the draft. So I Which think it's going to... Which folks paying attention. Clearly people are mock drafting if they know they want so-and-so's pick, right? Yeah, just have an idea of the range that certain players they like are going in and, you know, trying to put themselves in that position to make a move. So I'm excited for the draft. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think there's going to be a level of chaos with it being completely Mm -hmm. virtual. Um, But hopefully, you know, people have, have done their homework and everybody is once again looking at their cheat sheets and getting mad that all their sleepers are going four rounds ahead of where they were hoping to get them. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. We're like, what? Nine days away, eight days away. We are. And it's tricky because you know, this time of year we're paying attention. I'm chomping at the bit, but the rankings kind of change every time I mock. I've, I've probably worked in, in terms of legitimate mock draft, seven or eight as of this recording. Um, so it's hard to entertain this idea of trading draft picks, especially when those offers come from Matt McNichol. <laughs> um, spoiler alert, I got offered his fourth and eighth for my fourth and fifth. I'll let y'all work out the math. That's like trading Deion Lewis for Joe Mixon or something. It's crazy. That's yeah. Um, it's a bad move. I don't know why that analogy popped in my head. Yeah. Where did that come from? That I don't know. Very specific. Uh, <laughs> um, where was I going with that? It's the last year was very fleet. You know, usually we spent four or five hours just like hamming it up. Uh, I think we were done in like an hour and a half and, we pay such close attention. I'm always surprised at how things play out for us draft wise. Um, I'll say I got an A last year and that led me to the bottom of the rankings. So I'm, I'm willing to kind of no risk it, no biscuit this year. I'm going to, yeah, I want to play with some fun stuff. I've been reading, you know, just hope that Steven Lux, uh, secret app yeah the value doesn't have a covid app. doesn't yeah does it have a covid filter maybe maybe he'll get he'll get torpedoed but you know last year if i'm looking at this right he finished just outside the playoffs as well um yeah i know, so Pat I know. Holmes was was an early pick for him he ran into some injury issues same that's thing right. with saquon so oh I mean, that's he, right he had a talented roster and got hit pretty hard by the injury bug um that's right that's right that's a tough hit you, this brings up an interesting question that i think we pulled in the group me is where are quarterbacks going to go because if there's one wild card in the handful of mocks i've done so far and at this point i'm more or less waiting until closer to draft night because names are moving all up and down the board but it's a question of in the mock drafts, are people going to take a QB? And usually it's Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson going really early or really late. That determines I'm the 11th pick in this year's draft. Uh, that determines whether I get certain people. And so that's really volatile. 
I don't know which pick you are, but it'll. What number you, seven. How, how soon do you think there's a run on QBs, or is there no run on QBs? There's Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, and then everyone else is going to kind of just like get who they want when they want. Yeah, I I think those two are in their own tier, and just based off of gut instinct, I think they both go in the second round. I think Lamar goes before Mahomes. I could see Mahomes slipping to I've the been third. I've seen that. Wow. In our league you're talking about? Yeah. But I I think Lamar goes in the, in the second and you know what? I'll I'll just go on the record and say I think Robert takes him in the second round. Ooh, why is that? Robert had Lamar Auburn. Jackson last year <laughs> and I think he just fell in love and doesn't want to go through fantasy football this year without Lamar on his team. I get that sense. There's people I'm definitely, I I have an aversion to new names. And so even if someone's like 32 years old and like a backup running back, it's really hard not to like draft them as a known quantity. I've been seeing in some mock drafts, Lamar Jackson going really early, certainly Mahomes going really early. And then everyone else kind of waits. But our league's never been, I used to be in a league that A, just loved the big names, I think. But once someone drafted a QB, oh, there was a whole run. But now it seems like the position's deeper than ever. Like you, there are, there's a quarterback for everyone. There's 12 solid picks. Would you agree? I don't know. Oh, yeah. I think there's, and then when you're thinking about a week to week, you know, yeah. there's probably. 24 guys that you feel comfortable playing in a given week so if everybody drafts one quarterback maybe a, you know four or five guys draft two that's still like eight quality quarterbacks that are out there that you know who's who's playing the carolina panthers defense that week or you know who's, <laughs> who's playing the jets i think the patriots entire that's defense right. opted out due to covid this year so really you know, is maybe, that right they, I mean, the Patriots had like eight or nine players. Wow, who did the COVID bot? Wow, I didn't see. I'm in the dark on all this stuff. Uh, Patriots are going to be rough this year. Um, be, that's what unless, they get for drafting a white nationalist kicker. Well, and there's conspiracy <laughs> theories that Bill Belichick was kind of pulling some strings behind the scenes. You know, tank for oh. Trevor Lawrence in this weird COVID year. Who's Trevor Lawrence? Yeah. Reset the dynasty. He's the Clemson quarterback. Oh, interesting. So lot, you're thinking he's he's pushing people to take the COVID exemption so I'm, that he can stock up on a lot of uh, draft picks? I'm not pushing this narrative, but the narrative <laughs> is out there. Interesting. Um, yeah, how soon before Trey drafts Australian Cam Newton for his quarterback? Great question. Well, or Robert. He's an Auburn man. Um, so many unknowns. I. It, it's hard to talk about drafting before it because I've got my eye on some people. Yeah, you don't You don't want to give too much away. I'm thinking about dropping a, another pod, uh, going into the solo pod game, Ooh. and which is... That's another direction I think season three could go. I think this could be the year of the solo pod where 
you know, maybe more than half of the episodes this year are actually 15 minute solo pods and micro pods. And that's, that's what it looks like. Just me speaking <clears throat> into the ether on my own. Well, I'll say this, you, there are a few other guys in the league. I could listen to y'all just analyze. Y'all have a, a depth of knowledge and acuity around all this stuff that is as good as anything fantasy pros puts out. And so I've learned more about my own drafts from y'all than I thought I knew on several occasions. I like the micropod challenge. Um, you had raised the punishment quotient. We, we've had some blowout, a lot of blowouts last year with the, the name and picture change kind of punishment. If you lose by what, like 50 or a hundred, or no, the person has to score over 100 and beat you by more than 50 or something like that. Yeah, so the the current iteration of the rule is that if you score less than 100 points and your opponent outscores you by more than 50, they get the right to rename your team and give you a, a thumbnail image that you have to make as your, your team logo. And right. my uh, recommended addendum to that rule is that the loser also has to come on the pod and publicly, you know, face this humiliation head on and that their victor gets to decide one pod segment that they have to be a part of. So um, Sean had some great messages in the, the group meeting the other day. And he asked me if I ever thought about having a hot one segment on, on the pod and um, for those of you that don't know what Hot Ones is, it's this awesome YouTube um, series where um, this guy interviews people, um, famous actors and athletes and things like that. Oh, uh, yeah. Eating, I've seen a couple. While eating hot wings, and they go through um, 10 progressively hotter wings, and by the end, <laughs> people are dying. They have, they have the options. These are like the ones with the medical like liability, like levels of hot sauce. Yeah, it it gets hot and people have the option to tap out at any time if, if they can't take it. But most people go all the way through and are, are physically, yeah, physically in pain at the end of this thing. Yeah. I've seen ones where people are like, like, and it's fascinating because these are celebrities who are usually in tightly control of their message. (laughs) Um, Were you daring us by saying most people go through with it? I, I was. That was a challenge. So but also, together a combine. Like, he, <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying. Like, we could put some hair on our chest this way. <laughs> yeah, if they can do it, <coughs> people people should be able to step up and take the punishment and go for it. And I'm I'm also terrified of this concept because I come from an Irish and German heritage where mm. you know putting salt and pepper on our food is is like a bold step for us. That's, <laughs> that's a lot of heat, a lot of flavor. Right, that, those mashed potatoes aren't going to eat themselves. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm I'm going to die on like level two, but I I could see this being really compelling pod content. And I like I like that. Um, it'd be fun. Not that we want to watch like just videos. That we'd all want to like hang out. Like, could we all be part of like a live Zoom group hangout? Or someone needs to see that these wings are really wreaking punishment. Yeah. Um, was it your idea to also say like if someone gets blown out by more than 50 and scores more than 100 
the winner does. The loser has to come on the pod to sort of generate the content uh, we want and do a segment of the winner's choosing. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. So the the loser doesn't have to come up with a segment. They just need to come on the pod and, you know, we can keep it to a reasonable amount. We don't need two hour pods. We can we can keep this 20, 30 minutes. Uh, We we can do that. Um, And the winner, the winner doesn't have to. (laughs) We can. I'm telling you, we can. We haven't, but we can. (laughs) The capability is out there. That's right. Um, yeah, and the winner just has to has to come up with with a segment, and it doesn't have to be anything super creative. But I think, given the fact that they don't have to do it themselves, one, it frees up the person coming on the pod that like they don't have to come up with this great idea because I think that's a little bit of a yeah. barrier out there right now. Of you know, people would come on the pod, but they don't feel like they have anything necessarily to talk about. So, well, that's how I feel. But here I am. Yeah, um, it, it gets rid of that barrier. They just have to show up and take their punishment and publicly admit that they're bad at fantasy football. Um, <laughs> they, can, they can claim it was just a bad week, bad luck. Um, however trade. they want to acquit themselves, they can. Yeah, a, a poor loner trade that completely backfired. Oh my God, are loner trades still a thing? No, we're not going to get into those, but they're, yeah. they're unethical. We'll yeah, get the commissioner I to say that too. I agree. Who you got is who you got, and everything else got to be above board. Yeah, hear that, Mister Luck. Well, along those lines, I don't know how long we've been going. Um, forty-five minutes. We're at the forty-five minute mark. Beautiful. And honestly, it's just been fun to quote unquote hang out with you and chat. Obviously, we're pre-draft. There's not much. We're talking about the pod on the pod, so it is getting a little meta. But really. I appreciate it. I wanted to see if we could practice this a little bit. I think last year was the first year in the history of our league, going back all the way through check your balls, um, where I not only didn't make the playoffs, but finished dead freaking last. And so is that cause enough in this inaugural 2020 dumpster fire, we live in faith year that you pick a segment for me? Like, is there a segment I do? Are we making what bold predictions? Do you force me to talk about who I'm drafting or do we just need to call it? Oh, wow. I'm, I'm saying I'm, I'm interrogating. I'm giving you the opportunity, I guess, to interrogate me as your guest. Yeah. As someone who technically got blown out last year. Yeah, no, I will, I will take the opportunity and Am I wishing that I had some heads up that like, <laughs> I could have brainstormed a little bit? Yes, yes, I am, <laughs> Seth. You could have, you could have given me some forewarning here. Um, I I just thought of it myself, <laughs> listening so, to you you speak about your brilliant idea. Yeah. Um, but I feel like it'd be fun to talk about specific players some more. So I don't know, like, let's get into what the season's going to be like. I, I don't know how that's a punishment to me per se, but. I'm willing to be on the hot seat about something. Yeah, here we go. Here's your punishment. I need you you for the next 30 seconds to tell me how excited you are to have Jason Garrett, the clapper, as your offensive coordinator. Just a 30-second Jason Garrett love fest. Go. All right. So 
I'm about, it was, I'm five days years old since I found out that Jason Garrett or remembered what even was the Giants new OC. And as I said, I've done maybe five to seven legitimate mock drafts. And I hesitate to put this out there, but there's not too many ways my draft slot is giving me an opportunity to be a legitimate homer this year. Um, And honestly, it's much easier when you're not cheering for your team and cheering for your fantasy football, you know, like I want to keep the giants and my fantasy team a little separate. Um, my, I've already used up 25 seconds. Yeah. It's been Here, 30 seconds. And you still here's haven't, you haven't even met from Jason Garrett. You haven't said anything here, about it. I'm resetting here. the timer. <laughs> 30 more seconds. Oh, Zach, there's, there's your, there's your token ear splitting laugh. The, um, I say all that to say that, I've only made it to the end of a few mock drafts where I even like cared who gives a crap about like kickers. Right. And I was like, who is the giants kicker? Come to find out they let Aldrich Rosas go because of some car incident and some misdemeanors. They shine, they signed Chandler Catanzaro and Graham Gano. Uh, obviously these kind of travelers around the league. And I think they've stuck with Graham Gano. And in as much as anyone cares about kicker analysis, they're like, Whoever the Giants kicker is, is in a great spot, given Jason Garrett's reticence to take any risks inside the 40-yard line. And so if I'm looking at anybody, I'm looking at the Giants kicker as a league winner this year, thanks to Jason Garrett being a terrible offensive mastermind. (laughs) If that makes sense. And I hope that you don't take that personally, because how do you feel about the Cowboys now with him gone? I feel... So good about the Cowboys. And just want to say that in your second attempt, you also failed that segment so hard. Oh, no. How so? It was supposed to be a Jason Garrett love fest. Oh, love fest. And instead you trashed him and talked about special teams the entire time. Sorry. The the reason it was a love fest is because I'm only looking to draft maybe the Giants kicker. Okay. And Jason Garrett is going to be great for me in that regard. So... You know, I I don't know what to say. Um, it's, I think it's Jason okay. Garrett's going to be great for the Giants because we have a runner, and, you know, he let Zeke run wild. Um, Daniel Jones, also a runner. The run. That's right. And I can myself, as a fan, name one, maybe two Giants receivers. Um, oh, wow. And so... You know, I think he's going to say, give it to Saquon or run with it, Danny Dimes. Um, I, I I come at the Giants this year the, the way I come at this whole venture, fantasy football in the league. I'm just appreciating whatever comes. Zero expectations. And I say that as a love fest for Jason Garrett. Do I want to see him beat the Cowboys? That would be amazing. But it's also weird because I've been rooting against Jason Garrett for so many years. So... The shade in Freud is a little muddy. Yeah, very, very muddy situation. And I think it it is a little cathartic for Cowboys fans who have been frustrated with Jason Garrett for several years exactly. to actually see him in the enemy's colors and be able to, you know, hate him without hating ourselves. Yeah, y'all are going to be in that great position to just like, I don't know what the Cowboys D looks like this year with or without Earl Thomas, but how fun is it going to be for you 
to root in those two games, especially for the Cowboys D. It, it it is going to be fun, and I I say this like I I think Jason Garrett is a a relatively good person, like him as a person. Um, relative to what like what does that mean, Genghis Khan? Yeah, you know, relative to other <laughs> football the coaches. Home. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> um. So yeah, I I I wish it had worked out for the Cowboys, but it clearly wasn't working out, and it took Jerry Jones about four or five seasons. Uh, yeah longer than anybody else recognized that fact so a lot of the frustrations are more with you know jerry not making a move than than with jason himself so you do put it on jason though not jerry because my sense granted as a cowboy hater myself but my sense is that that um franchise obviously as a strong owner um who is very involved. And so was it Jason Garrett? It, it like, it's always hard to kind of differentiate in the Cowboys franchise, right? Coach, general manager, owner, like they're yep. their own thing. It, it's kind of like the Yankees. I say that as a Yankees fan with the Steinbrenners back in the day and the managers, like who's calling the shot. It's all kind of bleeding together. Yeah. So I, I've, I've always looked at Jason Garrett. This is a bit of a love fest and been like, he looks like a decent, kind person who's trying his best with a heavy hand on his shoulder is how I saw it. Yeah. And that's, that's a factor in Dallas of you do have Jerry who's very involved and, um, you know, has a very big ego and that is a factor, Uh but Jerry does want to win. And a lot of the things that they do in the organization are, built to around winning you know like that that is something that jerry's very motivated to do and he's not hesitant to spend to you know put in good facilities and and things like that right so it's it's different than these situations where you have you know bad owners who are also making it who just aren't as invested in winning um right now some of these things that jerry does because he has all that power and a lot of ego do put in these roadblocks or make it more difficult for the people that he's hiring to do their jobs. And like, I think that's something that Mike McCarthy will have to navigate as well that, you know, there are certain ways that he has to learn how to balance Jerry Jones and, you know, still be able to execute on his vision, but very different ownership structure from green Bay to, Dallas. Oh yeah. And ironically, I do think Dallas benefits from a stronger personality type, like the Bill Parcells, the Jimmy Johnson um, type thing. I mean, certainly not for lack for firepower. I mean, everything I'm reading about the boys' offensive weapons this year is pretty stellar to the point where I'm wanting to bite my knuckles and try to go after some are, are you feeling like a homer this year in your draft are you willing to spill the beans at all like how many receivers do you need from your team what, what's your draft position again um i'm in the seventh slot and okay yeah i mean de- depending on on the rounds if if i like where those guys have fallen um you know i'll i'll take all the cowboys like you guys want to let zeke drop to seven i'll take zeke <laughs> um he's not dropping to seven yeah, you know, we'll we'll see. 
a lot a lot can happen um cd lamb will be available for you at seven but i'm hearing good things about him yeah seriously you guys let cd lamb drop to the 17th overall spot (laughs) land in the cowboys you let the cowboys draft cd lamb and come on what are you doing you're just letting it happen that's unbelievable gonna blow this league up I I send, the, I send the same picture of CD Lamb making a ridiculous catch in the group me like once every month and you know just say really really you guys let us draft CD Lamb that's funny well I'm gonna draft him in our fantasy draft so watch out that's fair spoiler I res- alert I respect it <laughs> I draft ahead yeah. of you though so. It all depends on the round. The ladder, baby. The ladder, baby. All right. Well, granted, no one's got anything really special to do during COVID. Like, we are giving people what they want. I just, I'm trying to think what other prompts we can we can have. You got any bold predictions for our league members themselves? So, I, I feel like we should talk about the league change. And that yes. is that Cody is out. Um, Just couldn't hack, hack law school, could he? Yeah, very sad news. I think he also dropped out of law school. Is <laughs> here. I'm just assuming it's a two for one. He, That's right. He just had a lot going on and, you know, had to give up fantasy football. Well, I preach a lot of self-care. And the thing is, is like, how can you even do law school unless you have an outlet like this on the side? So I agree. One, two punch. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm just assuming that he, he was like, uh, do I really want to make it through this last year of law school? No. Um, they've got baby number two on the way. COVID IR. Oh, good for him. That was quick. Which is exciting. So yeah, unfortunately, yeah, Cody has (sighs) taken the COVID opt out and (laughs) is not in the league this year, but with him stepping down, that gave us a chance for a rebound, and our good friend Drew Thatch is back in. So, Thatch. you know, with with Cody leaving, there's, you know, hope that, you know, maybe he will also rebound in the near future. So That's right. He, and, you know, I'm just trying to throw stuff to get more guests on in saying this in part. Yeah, a couple people he, out by he's, name. He's been a bit of a cellar dweller for us, hasn't he? Cody? Drew Thatch. Oh, Drew. <laughs> like, yes. is that why? Do is that why he came back? Because he was just like, "Good Lord, like, what am I hanging around this group me for?" Like, like this, you know, Drew. I love you, but I'm just trying to get you to come back and trash talk. Like, my recollection is that if you had been in the league, there's no way I would have finished 12th last year. That's great. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see if Drew has anything to say about that. Yeah, and we got Phantom Sumner uh, back. Um, who's super busy, but you know, the one time we got him on the pod, spilled the beans and said that uh, he plays in like four leagues. So this this also casts some shade on on Cody because we got Mister Resident. Um, who else can we trash talk into getting on the pod? Uh, yeah, I think Sumner and Trey, just given their departure from the group, me. And choosing to opt out of that forum are, you know, the two people that I think would be a lot of fun to talk to. <clears throat> yeah, Trey's in there, but he's, you can see if someone's got their notification, like if they got it muted, 
Um, and I just realized an alarming thing, which is that I have the ability to remove people from the group. So I'm assuming we have all that. Oh, yeah. You can kick people out. Um, the commissioner is probably gearing up for a new school year. Uh, I yeah, our, our commissioner is a rye fellow who I love dearly. I want to say that it's actually his approach is sort of negging the possibility of a season because deep down he really wants it to happen. So he's just managing his own expectations there. I mean, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl last year with twelve dollars right. with twelve dollars of cap room. They managed to <laughs> sign all of their major players to extensions. Pat Mahomes got paid. They restructured Sammy Watkins. They draft CEH. Um, They give Kelsey a new deal. They give Chris Jones a new deal. Like they've they've got the core to you know try to run this thing back um, a couple times over the next four or five years. So that's right. Yeah, the commission wants football because if you're a Chiefs fan, you want to hold it, or do you do? Is it like UVA men's basketball where you're like, if there's no tournament, then you're still the reigning champions. So, um, I mean, no, no shade to the UVA team um, and the program that they have there, but none. with with the people that you lost in the draft, um, I think expectations were appropriately a little bit lower this year. And that, um, I mean, they they started to hit their stride toward the end of the season, but I don't think anybody was really predicting them to to win the tournament again. Whereas I I think it's the Chiefs and the Ravens are the prohibited mm. favorites right now to win the Super Bowl. Right? So, well, I mean, if if you got the chance to go back-to-back and with Pat Mahomes in, in his prime right now, you want to see That's, right. You, That's right. you don't you don't want the, the the title just to be in your name for another year. You want you want that second ship. That's right. Um, I've got nothing bad to say about Caleb, partly because I want Caleb's corner. I mean, I'm super impressed he's actively participating as a Swede. I think what I'm wondering about, and this is coming out of ignorance, not throwing shade is what data is there left to corner Caleb about? I'm sure y'all can come up with something. I'd be fascinating to hear some sort of readout given what's unprecedented here. Um, Oh yeah. There, there are corners we have not turned. So yeah, it's, I am He's talking yeah, about hiring an intern. So that's great. That's lovely. Maybe you can hire Cody since Cody's doing nothing now. Yeah, now that Cody's um, dropped out of law school <laughs> and isn't even transcribing this hour-long podcast. Zach, I'm just grateful. I hope. You know, I'm not making light of this. Is had a really scary incident that I hope is all patched up, literally. Um, and I hope the editing equipment's all in one piece. And the TV's above a very safe mantle, but we're really glad. Really glad just everyone's safe, I would say, right? Like, everyone's yeah. safe out there. And maybe, you know, we're already used to Zooming, so we're already in our homes. I wonder, like, what are people doing on Sundays? We should just kind of set up, like, a whatever you call it, a Google Meet or a Zoom. We don't have to look at it or be super on, but we could just, like, be sitting and watching football together, like, for this, like, set hour every Sunday. I'm in. You know I'm in. Instead of the groomy, just to like kind of look over at it with our wings. Um, we've been talking so much about wings, I'm going to order some. 
I've got I, that. That was my that was my only thought. That would be like a league reward. It's just I don't know what the proper time zone is, but you could almost say like maybe uh, for Sweden and all of us, it's like the Sunday NBC game. Um, you know, yeah, here's, so the, I, here's I the, the evergreen link. I think yeah. the one o'clock game Eastern time is is the best situation. Uh, oh, really? Uh, That's not yeah, because Sweden's ahead of us. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was. I I got. By like you're s- right. Seven hours. I got six reversed. hours. Um, you're right. So that's like 10 a.m. for me. That's pretty perfect. Um, yeah, we'll just nosh. Speaking of, it is around dinner time in Tucson town, and I do a podcast for this. Uh, anti-racist podcast called the word is resistance and i'm speaking in my fantasy football voice but someone gave me feedback recently it was positive feedback but it was also weird feedback they said i I contribute like once a month to the word is resistance and it's just me it's a solo pod you know each time i do it uh and they're like that was like anti-racist asmr which if you're not familiar, ASMR is like the soothing, talking, put you to sleep kind of meditations that proliferate around YouTube. I've read a couple articles about it and checked out a couple videos. Um, so if nothing else, dear league members, I'm, I'm just apologizing in advance in case I didn't say anything interesting. It was a gift to talk with you, Jamie. But I, I, I hope my mellifluous tones lull you all to sleep. Yeah, I'm going to have to check that out. Add it to my Ooh. nighttime ritual. There you go. It's like Delilah on like Friday Night Radio. Like, this one goes out to all my listeners, and especially you, Steve, from <laughs> Betty. And it's like some slow jams. Um, yeah, what else do we need to talk about? Love it. I, so I think one of the last things I have on my list oh, yeah. of topics I want to hit today is, is this the year of the dad bod? And I do <laughs> this for a couple of reasons. And one is that there's a lot of chatter coming out of training camps that quite a few high profile QBs are looking thick that they have. <laughs> With two C's. Yeah. We got two C's in there that they are really going for the dad bod look this year. And some people that, that I've seen, you know, we've got our classics. We've got Tom Brady, uh, where the TB12 method, I guess, is really more about utility and flexibility um, and not necessarily having a six-pack. So, uh, yeah. you know, you, you got Brady at 43, still out there slinging it in the dad bod. You've got Big Ben, who I think it was the talented Mr. Roto on ESPN, uh, said that Big Ben was not just about his height and his arm, but also talking about his gut. So Big Ben's Big Ben's rocking the dad bod. Ryan Fitzpatrick, who I guess has a decent amount of kids, eating a lot of birthday cake in the offseason. Seven um, kids. A lot of dad bod there. And speaking of a lot of kids, Philip Rivers, who I think has nine kids now. You're kidding me. So, I mean, I haven't seen any pictures of him in training camp, but I mean, if you've got nine kids, you got to have somewhat of a dad bod, right? He's with the Colts now, yeah. He's in Indy. Wow. So, I I also 
think I saw somewhere that like there's a betting line out there on which is more likely to happen first that the rivers have a 10th kid or he <laughs> retires. So which, which one do you think is, is more likely to happen there? Oh, what are my, can I put in five bucks on, he's going to retire before the 10th kid. But okay. um, after he wins that ring, I, this is a total nonsense theory, but what if the proliferation of dad bods, especially among QBs, is about enhancing that lower center of gravity because you don't want all the moisture that gets in your face when like a lineman is sitting on top of you after sacking you, you know what I'm saying? Like you sure. take that hit, but you keep, you, you know, you don't get it right in your face. That's stupid. How about this? What is, what's our buy-in for this league again? 30? I, I think we're up to 30. I'm, I'm not going to say an exact number just cause like, I don't want to get in trouble with the IRS. I don't know <laughs> what those limits are looking like. Um, yeah. And I, I don't mean, know not, what the, neither of us. Won last in year, Frank. So yeah, we exactly. We don't have to claim anything on our taxes. Um, and I don't know what that is in Swedish francs. Um, so I don't yes, speak the Swedish or, Frank or Australian my favorite currency. Doubloons. <laughs> um, are you willing to, do we want to go up on that or does that make it a little too crazy? We don't have any like initiatives, right? Like usually when we're in person, we're voting on stuff like the distribution of money. I for one actually don't like when it gets super complex like that with loaner trades and this and that, like, you know, uh, second place gets double the money. First place gets all the money that's left over. Third place gets their money back. Keep it simple. Yeah, keep it simple. I I feel like we're we're in a good place with it, where like it's not really an amount yeah. of money you think about, but like you you do have something on the line, and especially this year with you know if football happens, I think that's a win. So right. like no need I'd to be, yeah. Shake I'd be willing to go fifty. Year. I'd be willing to go fifty, and then maybe yeah, like first place could also get a hundred like regular season first place. Um, but you're right. It, it becomes a Venmo nightmare for the commissioner when the whole season falls apart, which yeah. of course it is. And you've just spent 75 minutes of your life listening to something that has uh, no impact, which what? is also the point of this pod. Yeah. That's, that's always been the case <laughs> on that note. Uh, what do we say now that we're all down in the well? Oh, I'm not done talking about dad bods. Oh, yeah, let's keep there's, talking. There's, there's uh, but did you, I've got two guys left on my list that I want to hit, but did you yeah, say you have one? Um, I'm saying I literally have one myself. You you have a dad bod. Yeah, but that's been the case for a few years. Um, I didn't notice it for a while because I don't look at, I, I look at the mirror straight. Yeah. Um, Deceptive angle. Yeah. And, you know, I was staying active, but there was a period where I was, I was going strong at this gym called Orange Theory. I think they got them around the country. Um, yeah, we have before, one here in Seville. Yeah, before COVID hit. And that was really good for me. And then, of course, COVID said, nope, keep your dad, bud. It's a struggle. I've <laughs> 
It is a struggle. Uh, did you know that beer has like calories in it? That was one of the things I've I've started cutting back on. Um, I, in terms I of regularity, yeah, it's like liquid bread, total calorie. Bourbon too. Um, so a couple other places we we've got Fitzmagic. You said Philip Rivers. I need to see a picture of this. Uh, Big Ben. Yeah, and then um, two new ones this year, and there's some younger guys. Carson Wentz apparently bulked up from oh I saw that headline two thirty seven to two fifty, and yeah, has has joined the ranks of the dad bods. So fairly young guy, and then another young guy, uh, Baker Mayfield. I don't know if you saw this. No. Over over the winter, uh, he was like on a boat with Saquon Barkley or something like that. And Wait, what? Saquon was, of course, looking shredded, and Baker was getting ripped for his dad bod. That's really funny. It was are funny. Are they trying to get – oh, I'm looking it up right now. Actually, the first – I didn't even type in Saquon, but the first headline on Google is Saquon Barkley defends Baker Mayfield's dad bod. <laughs> he, he did. He, he was a real bro in the situation. Wow, um, look at this picture. You're right. So it's like a bunch of New York Giants. Is there, why is Baker, there's Sterling Shepard, Saquon, and then you have Baker back there looking like any any member of this league, um, aside from you, of course, and that's really funny. I have not heard this. So, there I mean, my, quite a few, yeah. like, elite and up-and-coming QBs who are rocking the dad bod this year. But I think the biggest story, and I don't know if you heard about this one, was oh. Zach Efron. Yes. High, high school musical Zach Efron. Neighbors. Zach Efron. Neighbors. Yep. The greatest showman. Seth Rogen. Zach Efron. Greatest showman Zach Efron. And Baywatch Zach Efron, where he had like a 12 pack. That's right. That's right. Um, he had ads on top of the heads. <laughs> But apparently, after that movie, he like started eating bread again, and is now just like very jacked, but not sporting a twelve pack. And the internet and they, was, called, they called that a dad bod. They called that a dad bod. So when you tell me that you have a dad bod now, I'm picturing a, a shirtless Zac Efron. This incredible. Yeah, I'm looking up this picture again. It was for a Netflix movie, I guess, called Down to Earth. That's probably TMI. But I'm here to tell you right now, if I had this body, I would have arrived. This this so-called dad bod. What's yeah, interesting, what, though, what, it's on a good think... day, is like, this is what I can sort of look like, but if I'm really, like, sucking in and flexing, like, so if this is just him norm normal, uh, I would love that to be my normal. <laughs> yeah, what, what do you think this does for dad bods? Renders you know, that... the term meaningless. Now that this is the definition of a dad bod. No, nah, words have no meaning if this is a dad bod. Uh, that's funny to me. But, I mean, all of these things put together, I I really think this this could be the dad bods here. This could be a sign. Yeah, that's right. We're going to have to change the League Avatar weekly. Um, maybe Maybe that could be a League punishment. Uh, picture of one of us. If you if you get blown out by a hundred, wow. if you get blown out by a hundred, 
the league avatar changes to uh, to you. To to you with your COVID stash and uh, no shirt. Running as fast as you can. That's key. I think that's what it is. You know, you got to be doing something physical, to, like like golf or Fitzpatrick. Um, just running down the street. That's the hundred point blowout. I love it. Uh, you gotta you, yeah. gotta throw, you gotta throw that one out there in the group, man. That's right. Well, ideally, uh, all members of the league will have listened to this as soon as it's edited and um, robust discussion can start. I, even as I'm sitting here, am now getting offers for draft picks, which is funny to me because, like, from Matt McNichol? No, uh, nameless members of the league are now offering me. Hit me up. (laughs) I want in. I'm talking about DMs. Um, Slide into my DMs. <laughs> the uh, which is funny because I'm like, all right, what am, what's the best I can do with eleven? And then it's weird to get this offer, right? Because we're talking about people who have higher first round picks than I do. Because then I'm like, what do they know about the eleven slot that I don't? You know what I'm saying? Well, since so, we're here, like I'll I'll talk about it. I okay. I do think there's especially first round. I think it's yeah. going to be dominated by running backs. And then, um, you know, a good chunk of the second half as well. So, you know, if you're not in the top three, four spots, you know, where you're, you're kind of getting that upper yeah. tier of running back, you know, yeah. dropping, dropping down from five, six, seven, eight, nine, um, you know, to, right. to you and Drew in that 11, 12 spot, where you get the turn and like kind of the back the to back. Yep. You can kind of hit. That's what I'm kind of turned on about right now with my pick so, for what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll just, I, say, I, won't, I won't say who, but I just saw someone slide into my DMS with you want Saquon question mark. And uh, y'all know my weaknesses. Uh, they start with G and with S. Um, Jason Garrett. <laughs> I, I didn't pay too much attention to the letters you said, but I'm sounded I'm like giants. It sounded it sounded like a love fest, and that can only be Jason Garrett. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's a chance Maddie Ice would take Saquon with the number one pick. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. Well. Yeah, the year of the dad bod, the year of appreciation. I appreciate you. And the year of the solo pod, but you put that off for at least one episode. So. That's right. Hey, put out in as many micros as you need. It's just nice to have the constancy and familiarity when it's a nice surprise of a different kind of constancy than the monotony of the grind we're all in. And um, I do sincerely hope we have some games to give us more fodder for, but we'll keep, we'll keep culture alive. Yeah. And I feel confident that we'll start a season. I think at this point in time, like there's, there's a lot of momentum in that direction. Um, Can they, can they finish a season? I think is the question that we're all interested to see. And will there be 20,000 fans? attending no, these games. See, that's it. You can't do it. If every team does what the Rams and Chargers seem to be doing on hard knocks, then yes, hope remains. But 
I want to go back to hour one or two of this podcast and um, <laughs> and say teams could also help the whole country get right because if there's anything that unites us, it's if not loving the NFL, it's talking about the NFL. And um, there's some good to be done here. Um, but then again, no one signed Colin Kaepernick, so my hope is tempered for them to do the right thing. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. Um, so back to my question a little earlier, partly because I probably should go. Um, if we're all down in the well, where do we go here? I, I think you just keep digging, fall in another well. <laughs> or, like Try to climb out of the well and you can fall down back into it halfway right. up. You don't have to get all the way to the top. You can, That's right. You can fall down half a well. It still counts. Like half PPR. Well, when y'all aren't strong, lean on each other. Exactly. All right. So um, I still feel good saying it. That's yeah. That's, that's how I'm going to end it. That's right. Um, first man to draft Quincy Anunwa wins. <laughs> that's my that's my last last thing. It's all you. He's. He's an uninjured. Uh, how many times I got to tell you guys? He broke his neck. He's out. He's not. He's not playing. Don't draft him. Don't sign him. Not gonna stop that's, that's not. That's not a, a winning play. But you know, it's just an advantage for me. So the rest of you can all go fall on a well.